And then there were eight. Super Wild Card Weekend has come and gone. We are going to talk about all of the insane upsets and fraudulent teams that were exposed this past week and all that and more coming up on the house call. Welcome back into the House Call Gridiron segment. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Gage, Justin, and Sammy, and a very special guest to take a very special victory lap in Lawrence. Before we get to that, I've got to shout out our amazing sponsor at Lids because I know you've been sitting there thinking, Kyle, where in the hell are you getting all of those awesome hats that I see hanging up behind you and on your dome right now? Well, I will tell you, I used the link in our description and went to Lids and saved myself some money to get all these sweet hats. And you, you can do the same. You can rep your favorite team. And I'm talking more than just hats. They have jerseys, sweatshirts, all of your needed sports memorabilia you could possibly think of. So get yourself to Lids, use the link in our description and save yourself even more money. Thank you to Lids for sponsoring this episode now. I just got to throw it right to our resident Brit, uh, our friend from across the pond, Larry Legend himself. Lawrence, go on your victory lab, my guy. The Miami Dolphins got bounced first round. Yeah, look, I'm going to keep this short because I know everyone is sick to death of me saying the Dolphins are frauds. So I'm going to say it a couple more times. I'm not going to say one more time, but a couple more times. The Dolphins are frauds. We knew this. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy to see this 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 come true, right? I had so much riding on this game, a lot of pride, a lot of personal takes. And I'm glad I'm glad that the Chiefs won. Never thought I'd say that. Um, I am a little surprised, though, with how not close it was. I actually had this game being a lot closer um, than the scoreline was. And I think to me, the reason why that was is I'm going to put it down to this. What you saw in that game was a difference between a team that is a contender, a perennial contender, and a team that has not won a playoff game in 20 years, right? You know, the Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do to win that game, and they did it to perfection. That game should have been a lot closer than 26 to 7. It wasn't. It's because they took away the Dolphins' best asset, which is their run game led the league in rushing they only had 76 yards on the ground against the chiefs and that's what good teams do that's what you've seen bill belichick do against all manner of teams you take away their best threat for miami it was a run game it was the basis of their offense it set the play action it set the deep passes to tour to waddle um not to tour uh, to tyreek and waddle and that's what that's what you saw you know you saw the dolphins offense crumble that defense got exposed it's been exposed in previous weeks but you know we knew it wasn't elite uh, and quite frankly, what stands out to me is that the offense got exposed this time. The conditions weren't great. Okay. Chiefs still put up 26 points. Tua didn't have a good game. And what we're going to talk about, I think, in the rest of this episode is, is Tua the right guy to bring the, the Dolphins forward? And personally, for me, I think we've seen what we're, we're going to get from Tua. You know, he's going to be that kind of guy that with the right weapons around him and a good head coach, which Josh McDaniels is, you know, you can question the play calling, but he Mike still Daniels. put this team. Oh, sorry. I don't know why he said uh, Mike McDaniels is. Um, I said Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I don't know where that My came bad. from, but. My bad. Continue. Um, Daniels, not, not a good head coach, Josh. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, you know. Who has been put in a position to succeed this season in the in in the regular season, and he has, and he's you know clearly a starter in this league in some capacity. But what you saw um, on on the weekend is, I think, what we're going to see going forward if if the Dolphins stick with Tua. You know, he's he's going to be good in the regular season, and when it comes to the postseason, the moment's a little bit too big. He can't go on the road in cold states, and he's going to be reliant on the pieces around him. And if the teams do what the Chiefs did, which is take away 
kind of that foundation of his offense, which is the run game, he crumbled and he didn't have a necessarily bad game. And I'm not going to say he's the reason they lost this game, but equally, you know, it wasn't impressive. It was not an impressive showing. And I'm not surprised. You know, I've said it all year. Um, I had no faith in this Dolphins team. I knew they were going to get exposed when the time when times got tough down the stretch and when the games that mattered came around. And we saw it happen. And, you know, I'm not going to dance in their graves too much because the loss is enough for me, right? And the loss and Sammy admitting that I was right all the time and that the Dolphins are frauds. I'll settle for that. Um, I'm more concerned now with what happens next. The, the season's done for the Dolphins. What do they need to do to kind of get to that next stage? Because they've got a great roster. They had a lot of injuries. They're going to get those guys back. Um, so they're in a great position for next season. But do they have the right guy under center? That's what I'm more concerned about now. I'd say yes. And, and the reason I say yes is because of the level of success that he had last season. Um, and also just the level of success that he had this season. Yes, we're talking all about, you know, oh, he had this great surrounding cast. That's what we really need with a quarterback. Not every quarterback is a Patrick Mahomes that's going to elevate every single person on the team. And a lot of the key pieces that were lost for the Miami Dolphins did happen on the offensive line, which we know kills a run game, kills any kind of pass protection. And yes, Tua is usually the shortest time to throw in the league. I believe he led the league in that category. I don't have the stats in front of me. But when the offensive line starts to break down the way that it did, it really becomes hard for that kind of offense to succeed. Now, the big thing that I see, I don't necessarily see them moving off of Tua. I don't know if he's earned a big extension yet. Mm. I think they might option him. But the big thing that I see the Dolphins needing moving forward is offensive line depth and defensive line depth. Both sides of the trenches, we know that that's where, you know, cold weather games are won, are in the trenches. And those those positions got absolutely ravaged for the Dolphins. So I don't know if it's necessarily time to move off of Tua. Let's see what happens next year. I mean, he's done really, really impressive stuff. I, I think all of the talk about Tua, I think, should be more, more geared towards what kind of contract he'll get versus are they going to move off of him entirely? I agree. And um, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, we were fraudulent the entire time. We were, and uh, Lawrence was indeed right about the Dolphins the entire time. There you go. I said it, Lawrence. Now let me go on my piece. Um, look, quite frankly, what I I, I agree with ever, almost everything Kyle just said right here. Um, I think Tua. I'm not saying Tua is the right guy, like one thousand percent. I think if there's a guy down the line that is showing the talent in the draft, or if there's a guy available in free agency that is better than Tua, we should take him. But I think Tua deserves another year. And the reason why I, he deserves another year is because, quite frankly, his first two years were under a lot of turmoil, under a head coach that did not believe in him. His third year, he had to go through the whole storyline with the concussion. So really, it's his first real year where he had to prove himself. And unfortunately, he fell short. But I'd say he had a great season. He had a great season. And he performed... And I, I think everybody can agree in most of the game, regular season games this year, almost all of them, Tua was never the reason why 
they were losing those games. Uh, against Philly, I can't tell you he was the reason why he lost that game. The same thing can be said about, well, maybe the Chiefs. Maybe against the Chiefs, he had some definitely had something to do with it. Um, the, the Ravens, he had a little bit to do with it. But I'd say for most of the season, Tua was the reason that the Dolphins were winning these games. Now, I'll say this. When you have a time-based offense, when that time is off, immediately, immediately the offense shuts down. And that needs to change next year. Mike McDaniel can't be saying time, 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 under two seconds, under three. No, it can't be about that. You got to ask Tua, hey, process the field. Don't take two. Look, he's now is going to have another full offseason to be recovered and get mobile. Okay. He needs to work on his mobility this offseason. He needs to work on it in the pocket, outside the pocket. He needs to work on that kind of stuff. Otherwise, he can kiss that extension goodbye. Now, another thing that made us fraudulent is, well, I guess you have to mention the injuries. I mean, when you lose three of the best pass rushers that you have, I mean, quite quite frankly, I don't know what you want, what the, want the Dolphins to do, right? We had to pick up a bunch of players to be on this team. Malik Reed, we had to pick up Justin Houston. I mean, it was, it was just baffling what we had to do it's just you're you're gonna lose that game so um mike mcdaniel also needs to be better overall like mike mcdaniel needed to be better this year i felt like he left a lot to be desired this year but make no mistake those two guys tua and mike mcdaniel their jobs are safe and this team is gonna be next year one of those teams that's gonna be around in the playoffs again like this team is is good enough obviously to make the playoffs this is not a question of can they make the playoffs or not this is a question can they get over the hump and win a playoff game can they win a super bowl that's that's the bottom line so it, it's really the last thing i'll say before we move on is what what needs to change for the dolphins not a whole lot stay healthy make sure the offense is just a tad bit different from last year and make it more compatible to where it's not just time-based that where you don't have to say it has to be there that throw is going to be there throw it there let Tua make some of the these decisions because i feel like he's leaned too much on mike mcdaniel and because of that he's kind of just like making the decision just to make the decision because he thinks mike is is the person who made the makes the best decision sometimes it's about it, you, you you as a quarterback have to be able to step up. So that's my piece. I think the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins are um one of those teams that were fraudulent this year, but I think there were a lot of circumstances that could have prevented that from happening. Yeah, gonna be a really interesting offseason to watch Miami and just see just see the moves that they make because it's going to be very telling about the direction that they're going to be picking. Justin, are you are you sold on Tua in Miami? Do you want me to be honest? Yes. Okay. No. Tua is the AFC's version of Dak Prescott. <gasps> yes. I was literally about to say during the regular season, and you just saw what he's going to do in the postseason. He's got to work on a lot of stuff. Both, actually, you know what? The entire team has to work on a lot. Now, the one thing I agree with Sammy, I think they're going to be much better next season, assuming everybody's healthy and nobody gets injured because I'm a sucker for pass rushes. Y'all have an elite pass rush unit when healthy. But Tua, 
if you, you got to focus on knocking that little monkey off your back or else you're going to end up the same way Dallas is going through right now. That's literally like where you hit it right on the money. Gage, what's up? Uh, well, I mean, just might be a little surprised. I don't think that Miami's was fraudulent in the playoffs like at all. Like we knew going into this game, they weren't favorites for a reason. Were they banged up on defense? Oh yeah, like absurdly so. Going especially because you can't put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and that's never a good thing. If you give him time, he's gonna find it. He's gonna win the game. You can't play against Kansas City. The wit, the weather from a Miami team going there, already stacking the deck against them. Injuries. Two has never played in the playoffs. He's never seen him perform. All these things. So did any of us really not see this coming? I think not this bad. Like, I think it, the thing was the blowout. Was, no, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. It that. wasn't necessarily a blowout, though. No, like the Miami Dolphins were hanging in there. It's their def- it was the Miami's defense. They, they couldn't stop the run, it, and they're so hurt. It wasn't even Patrick Mahomes really destroying them. Mm. It was, yes, it was just Patrick Mahomes and Rashi Rice, and that's it. But they couldn't tackle Isaiah Pacheco, who was just or running Clyde hard. And it was there. cold. I don't want to. I don't want to tackle Isaiah Pachenko when it's cold. Fuck that. Yeah, but that's the game plan. That's what uh, Andy Reid is just gonna out coach whoever you play. It's they, always, it's gonna be the storyline. They and, dominated time of possession too. And it, it, so I can't really say that Miami was the worst of it this weekend, like because they weren't like at all. They shot themselves oh. in the foot, not winning the division, and they had to go this. And then we all kind of be like, all right, well, if they do pull it off, like. Hell yeah, Miami. Like, you pulled it off. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't pull it off, we're like, okay, well, you had a lot of things that were not going in your favor there. And the hype around you guys in the regular season, we kind of, like, unless you're, like, a super big Miami guy, you kind of saw the holes showing. Like, you kind of saw how things were going to end up going, especially when you guys played good teams. It didn't help either that, like, like, when we got to the dance like we had a couple of partners who had broken legs so it 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 didn't help that didn't help at all like i also think the one knock is like two anises train in a cold weather state man like i agree that's i think he should man even his college record he did not i think he had like four cold weather wins ever in college that was it it's just it's just hard you saw it with great quarterbacks like pink manning historically could not play in the cold like, yeah it's just I mean, I, it's just a tale of the sport itself like you just got to coach for that get used to it or just find ways to win find different game plans Find mike but daniels i'm running the ball probably a lot more if it's working or not you gotta just keep pounding people out because if you put everything on to his arm you're gonna rattle to it when he's down and then they're gonna have to make these big throws and his confidence is probably shot after the fucking bills game has to be has to be i mean it's like we always want to everyone wants an elite quarterback we live in a quarterback driven league but the thing is they're rare and people need to accept that they're rare you're not always going to have a joe burrow type a patrick mahomes type a lamar type where you can guarantee that you will feel at least comfortable putting the game on their shoulders and being like hey whatever happens it's fine we made the best decision that we could Hmm. those are rare quarterbacks and that's okay they don't need to be 
on all 32 teams. We know that's not true. Go ahead, Lawrence. I know you want something want to say one more yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm agreeing with Justin and Sammy here. The the Dolphins will be back next year. They'll be healthy next year. And I fully expect them to reach double-digit wins next year and quite quite frankly compete for the, the AFC East again and get a playoff spot. Equally, I, I think, you know, saying Tua is the AFC version of Dak is 100% fair. And when, with that, there's two there's two ways to approach that, right? Either Tua has got to go in this offseason, like Gay said, and work so that he beats those allegations and that he stops becoming the AFC version of Dak. Or the Dolphins have got to recognise that they've got a great regular season quarterback, a great guy who's, um, you know, the locker room likes him. He's definitely got the ability to be a starter in this league. He's proven that. But if he is the Dak and he struggles in those big games, then they need to decide what kind of contract they give him. If you're going to get a Dak Prescott at QB, you cannot pay him Mahomes and Joe Burrow money. And I think, you know, that's what you've seen the Chargers do with Herbert, where he's not exactly had the success in terms of the, the postseason. They paid him a lot of money to try and, like, stack him up against the rest of the league in terms of those big, big wins. Um, and I think it's fine. Tua is fine, right? If you want, if you stick with Tua for the next 10, 15 years or whatever, you will consistently get average to good quarterback play. And, and that is a hard thing to come by in this league. Just look at the Patriots this season. Look at the, the teams across the league. That is perfectly acceptable to stick with as a franchise. And I don't think many Dolphins fans are going to be upset about that. The issue with that is, if that is who you have, and for the sake of argument, let's accept that Tua is the Dak of the AFC. He's prolific in the regular season, but struggles in the postseason. Let's accept that as a fact for the sake of argument. You cannot pay him top-tier money. You need to leave something in the cap to build around him so that when it comes to those big moments, it comes to the postseason games, it's not all on Tua's shoulders. You have these star players on offense. You have guys like Tyreek who you can afford to pay because you'll have Tua on a reasonable contract. You have guys that you can invest into the offensive line so you can have a run game to take things off Tua's shoulders. And I think what we've seen this season from the Dolphins is that they have a great blueprint for success. They've proven it. They've won games as regular season. They've been a good team for the most part of the season against bad teams, albeit, but they've still been competitive. And, you know, at the end of the day, changing quarterback right now makes no sense to me because you get you get move off to or you trade or whatever. There's no guarantee your next guy is going to be better than or even as good as. You know, there's a good chance you have a fall off if you move off to her. So you've got to stick with him. You've got to give him a chance, as Sammy says. But he's quite frankly got to accept the fact he's got to listen to the noise a little bit and say, do I want to have this reputation of being the Dak of the AFC? Do I want to be the guy that can dominate in the regular season and, and then fail in the postseason? And if he can't change that, that's who he is, then the Dolphins got a plan for that in the future. You saw that the Cowboys paid Dak too much. And, and quite frankly, you know, they might be, you know, having that conversation now. He's he's yet to have a, any really, you know, success in the postseason. Got one win, and he just got blown out by the Packers. You know, they probably having the same conversations now as is Dak their guy. Issue is they're paying him a lot of money. Um, so look, I I think it's not all doom and gloom for the Dolphins. It's it's a tough end of the season. You know, I would have liked to see that game be more competitive. They did get blown out. Part of that is on the defense and the injuries, yes. But at the same time, you only put up seven points. So part of that blame also lies on the offense. And you can't read really the deny that. Um, 
but I expect them to be back next season. I don't think anyone here is going to say the Dolphins are going to fall off a cliff. They're going to be competitive. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be competing for the AFC East, and they're going to be in that playoff conversation, not necessarily Super Bowl conversation, because I think this season is going to kind of carry on in terms of that narrative. I think kind of expectations are going to be more measured, and I think that's a good thing, actually. You know, I think having all these expectations of the Dolphins are the next great NFL team, you know, that 70 points and the Broncos, oh my God, they're going to be spectacular season. They're going to go all the way. That's a hard, that's a heavy burden for Tua, who has had, as, as Sammy rightly said, a difficult start to his career with the coaches not believing him. That's hard. That's a hard thing for a young guy to carry. It's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure. And that might be the reason, you know, why they underwhelmed. It might not be. But either way, Tua and the Dolphins and the fans shouldn't necessarily look at this loss as humiliating. They had a good season. It wasn't their year. It is what it is. You know, they'll be back next year. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of my that's my closing thoughts on the Dolphins for the rest of this season. Well, damn, I did not think the Lawrence victory lap was going to include, hey, the Dolphins are still going to be good next year, so... Oh, I'm still going to call him to, like, get a first No, round. I mean, look, that, look, look, he's going to call him first-round exits. It's just that, like, no, but Lawrence is, is hitting it right on the nail. Like, the Dolphins are going to be back, but the question is now, can they get over the hump? It's just the just same like question, Dallas. just like the Dallas Cowboys, Kyle. They're back next year and then losing the playoffs in the first round. That's, <laughs> that's, that's an even more difficult conversation, but that is on the cards. They will be back, though. And with that, we are going to say goodbye to our friend from across the pond. It's almost tomorrow over there. Go to bed, Lawrence. We're going to see you on the next one, buddy. Been a pleasure, gents. Sammy, love you. Better luck next year. Love you too, Lawrence. Love you too, Lawrence. <laughs> Much love, brother. Go ahead. All right. There you go. My goodness. I'm... No, I'm playing. I love him. He's great. He's great. He's great. Speaking of throwing up, though, Dallas, right, Kyle? has to be. I mean, we have to talk about it. We've been referencing it this whole freaking time. And I feel so vindicated because some of y'all might remember earlier in the season, I, in no loose terms, called Mike McCarthy a big old doofus. And well, 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 what have we here? Another first round exit for that big old doofus, Mike McCarthy. I don't know who, who's a bigger issue, Dak or McCarthy. I know neither one of them are an answer. Um, I'm going to throw, I think I got to throw it to the person who's the most excited watching that game. Justin, give me your thoughts about them boys. Uh, to answer your question, Jerry Jones. <laughs> Thank That's you. Okay. Yes, sir. Let's start from the top down. Jerry Jones. He is the antithesis antithesis god i'm not as good as samuel using big words on this podcast but he is the main issue in dallas why because every season it's the same thing he gets in front of the camera he throws a whole bunch of spiel about this is our year and all this extra bullshit the cowboys fans eat that up like it's some texas barbecue they get all hyped up for the season the cowboys do well in the regular season they beat up the bad teams, which is what you're supposed to do. And then they fall in the playoffs. It all starts with him. You're 80 something years old. And I need to say this brother to brother because we are both in the same fraternity. Shout out Kappa Sigma. It's time to shut the fuck up. But I'm done with Jerry Jones because I'm going to give him some leeway as a brother. Now I'm going to go down to Mike McCarthy. It, it, it's time to go. It's time to go. You have been riding the coattails of Aaron Rodgers pretty much your entire uh, coaching career with the Packers. 
you come down to Dallas, you do give them 36 wins in three seasons, averaging 12 wins every season. But you've also given them three straight one and dones in the playoffs. And if it was the Giants, the way we've been playing, I would take those 12 wins a season because I would have something to look forward to. But the Cowboys have bigger expectations because their roster is built to win now. And guess what? You are not winning now in the, where it matters the most. So now we're going to bring it down one more level. Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott as a person, but he plays like absolute dog shit in the playoffs. His accuracy, I don't know what happened, but the man cannot hit his best receiver square in the hands. It seemed like the broad side of a barn, it feels like. Huh? He can't hit the broad side of the barn on playoff games. No, he cannot. I don't understand that. But what I also can't understand is how come Dallas can't run either? They're well, um, well, okay, that goes into Tony Pollard conversation. And yes, I'm gonna also make this a Tony Pollard conversation. I'm gonna make this a whole team conversation because I'm really going at three people Dak, but everybody's going after Dak. He's the quarterback. I'm gonna go after Tony Pollard because this is this is supposed to be your year to shine. You didn't have Zeke there. This is supposed to be your year to prove that you could be the bell cow uh, running back for the Cowboys. Not really happening. And the third one I'm going to come at is Micah Parsons on the defensive side of the ball. Why? Because he has a nice little podcast where he does talk a lot of smack, which I respect because he backs it up most times. Did not back it up this game. I didn't even hear his name but a handful of times. And when you are in the playoffs at home where you're undefeated at in front of a quarterback who's making his first full season start, his first playoff start, I expect you to be feasting. But you didn't. And guess what? The Cowboys are going to do – actually, no, they're not going to do this. What they should do is blow everything up and start over. Understand, it is time to rebuild. And this is the perfect time because we're going to talk about this later – But it seems like all four teams in the NFC East need to go through a full rebuild. We are about to be, well, we should be, the NFC South of the conference for the next couple of years. But you know what's going to happen? They're not going to do it. Jerry Jones is going to still talk. Steven Jones is still going to try to build this team and spend as much money as it takes to build it up. And the Cowboys are just going to keep going through this whole thing. And I'm just going to keep enjoying watching Stephen A. Smith embarrass them every week. Oh, God, isn't it the best? <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all, St- Stephen A. Smith, literally just his Instagram alone oh, is man. comedy. And I'm not even the biggest fan of Stephen A., okay? I think he's a bit too brash for my liking. But damn it, when the Cowboys lose, he is the most entertaining man in all of America, okay? But let's not talk But business before pleasure, right? Let's, yeah, yeah, we got to eat our vegetables. Just, yeah, let's let's talk about the Cowboys and, and what they need to do, right? First of all, what you have to consider when talking about the Cowboys is how much the, Jerry Jones loves his players. He loves them a lot. And that, in my opinion, is both a blessing and a curse. Because it's one thing to love a Jalen Smith, and it's another to love a Micah Parsons. Quite frankly, did not show up 
I get that, but he's still a generational talent. And Jalen Smith, is, is he even the league? I, I haven't heard from that man in ages. But guess what? He gave Jalen Smith that contract extension. And he's probably going to pay Micah Parsons. Let's talk about Micah Parsons, though, a little bit further. That podcast that he was on, justifying the losses, bragging when he wins. That ultimately, in my opinion, had the football guys looking, football gods looking down, and were like, is this man after getting blown out by the Niners? Seriously, seriously trying to make excuses, trying to talk garbage. Are we seriously here to do that? But fret not. Because quite frankly, I think that the ultimate problem that Justin said already, it's Jerry Jones. Okay, it's always been Jerry Jones. Mike McCarthy should go. He should go. And he shouldn't have been hired. I'll say it. He shouldn't have been hired. Go ahead and say this, though. Right now is the best time possible to fire your head coach and go get one. It's never been a more stacked coaching carousel. There's never been a more stacked coaching. Like there's never more. There's never been a time in my in the entire like history of the NFL, in my opinion, where coaches there are coaches everywhere where you could pick off not just coaches with experience, but coaches with tremendous upside too. Ben Johnson, all right, Dave Canellis from Tampa, Bobby Slowick in Houston. What about but what about the ones that are mature? Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, Mike Dan McCarthy, Quinn is in the building. Dan Quinn. I, they should move off of that man too, as far as I'm concerned. My goodness, you see that defense, 48 points, and that's unacceptable. My God, don't ever <laughs> hey, know. Benefits me. No, no. I'm Dan just hearing Quinn, you list all these head coaching nah. candidates and wondering why the fuck Matt Eberflew still has a job. Hey man, the Chicago Bears do business very differently. A very differently ran organization over there. But I digress. Look. Look, quite frankly, Dan Quinn is going to go to Seattle. I think we, I think he has ties in Seattle. He would definitely go there. But right now, Vrabel and Belichick should be on top of the board right now. And Jerry Jones should 1,000% be like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being nice. I dealt with Jason Garrett all those years. I had to deal with Mike McCarthy these past four years. I'm done. We're going to get a head coach that will to actually bring change. And that coach is going to be either Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. It has to happen now, though. And I look, everybody's saying move off of Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. Dak Prescott is the least of your worries, in my opinion. That's my opinion. He's the least of your worries. And I know that sounds crazy to say in hindsight after a terrible game like this, but put this into perspective. The Packers were going down the field, gashing them in the run. Jordan Love was sniping them. What exactly? Without <laughs> without, without the pick six, even with the pick six that Dak threw, <laughs> they still gave up 41 points. Nothing was going to change. Okay? Nothing was it. Look, whether Dak Prescott had a great game or not does not matter because quite frankly, your team gave up 41 points. It does not matter. It would not have mattered if Dak had had, had, had a good game. It definitely would have. So I think Dak deserves some respect. I think Dak deserves to keep on being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He had a bad game. Of course he did. He had a terrible game, actually. 
But if he had a good game, if he had a, even a great game, the disappointment still would have been there because the offense of Green Bay, credit to Jordan Love and Aaron Jones, and definitely Matt LaFleur, they were torching Dallas all game long. And Jordan Love deserves his flowers. I'll say it again because he looked like and probably is a top 10 quarterback right now. He looked like it and is a top 10 quarterback. Take that for data, Kyle. Go ahead, Gage. Oh, fine with me. Um. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> uh, shit, what else I want to say? Uh, well, to take a different angle, Jerry Jones is very involved in football team, which is better than a lot of owners. <clears throat> and he's been doing it for a long time and has passion about the sport and his team and winning. Not just being lucrative, but winning. Which, if you look at, I don't know, David Tepper in fucking Carolina, and then yeah, Jacksonville, and oh, let's, let's keep run down shitty Woody Johnson in New York. Uh, let's just keep running fucking list down of owners the that Caskies. that just don't know like passion, like passion for the sport itself, like. Jerry Jones would could stand all elbow to elbow with any of the Dallas Cowboys fans, and they say they speak the same fucking language, which is a lot of better owner. They speak the same language. They want the same thing for the team. Not even from a business standpoint. He just loves football and loves winning and loves his Cowboys. So I respect on that. Yes, he's got a higher belt Belichick. There's no if ends or buts. If he wants to go younger with Mike Vrabel, good for, good call too. But Bill's got to be your number one choice. It's got to be. If you're with Jerry Jones, you've both been in the league a very long time. Both have, have a rapport with each other. And I think that's the move, personally. And it'll be all uh, a big test for Bill to see if he can win outside of New England. See how uh, how he does there. Because if he does win in like, wherever he goes next, uh, again, I said it on the NHL episode yesterday, oddly enough. Um, Shula and Landry are now like out of the conversation, too. He is the best coach of all time if he went somewhere else. Just like Brady went to Tampa, won without Bill, go. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I can't argue with that logic, actually. My biggest gripe from the collapse in Dallas is not Dak. Yes, was his timing off? Was he not on the same page with CD a lot of the game? Was his accuracy off? Yes. He had no running game. Nothing to disguise play action. Played from behind and then had to do it himself. Same thing I did with said about Tua. If you take out half of your game, the defense know what's going to come. Like, defense coordinators know what's going on. And my biggest gripe is Stefan Gilmore and Deron Bland. Like, like yes, Stefan's a little banged up, but dear God, man. Like, you were one of the best corners in the league about three, four years ago. And you were getting the damn defensive player of the year as a corner. You were getting absolutely toasted by Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and uh, uh, Hicks. Can't remember his first name. Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, that kid is a that kid is good. You're making these like first, second year players look like they are the truth out there, and you just can't have that. Can't just all be on Michael Parsons because if he has an off game, it doesn't get the pressure you're normally to. 
and Jordan Love has time, who still, mind you, getting pressure, throwing off his back foot, just throwing dimes. And your corners are just getting toasted. Yes, you're missing Trayvon Diggs, but I don't think Trayvon would have made such a difference either. It would have been the same thing, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Trayvon Diggs and Deron Bland are the same type of cornerback. It's feast, it's feast or famine. It's feast or famine. Thank you. It, it's feast or famine. They will either give up big plays or they will make big plays. Yeah. Trayvon's so, improved, though, in that aspect. Trayvon's gotten Go ahead, better Rich. in that regard. I will, I'll agree yeah. with you there. But where is your run defense if you're Dallas? You pay. That defensive line has money invested into it. And you get nothing. Like, no run stop. Who's that Who's that defensive lineman they drafted this year? Mozzie Smith? Yeah, Mozzie Smith. Yeah, who's, supposed to, who's supposed to be their run stopper? Because he's a big Bomb. interior guy. I no. mean, Osa, Osa Odigizua had a good year this year. Yeah. But he, but, I, I don't think they have any run stoppers. I don't on that know. Run. If you've noticed, Dallas's defense got progressively worse the mm-hmm. entire year. Yeah. After, yeah. Especially after the game with Seattle. And, like, I think the league took notice on how you just destroy that defense. Because they did not look the same after that game. All the hype around Dallas' defense went down the drain. So, I think that's, like, your number one issue is, like, you got to fuck worrying about Dak. You got so much money invested in that, dude. Good luck with that. And another caps-wise or trade-wise, good luck with that. That's a whole other conversation. You got to work on your defense, man. Like, if your defense gives you a solid game, you just have to let up 20 points, and you win that game very easily. Even with Dak not playing his best, you still win that game. Sometimes your defense has to bail out your quarterback when he's not on his 100% best game. And it's vice versa. When your defense is not at the best, you need to have your quarterback bail them out. It's the balance of the NFL. Complimentary football. Yeah, but if you have neither... You're going to get blown out by the seven seed in Jordan Love in this first ever playoff game. And shout out Mike, Fle- uh, Mike, Le- what? Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Cause a lot of people were saying, oh, he's a little fraudulent. He's not that good of a coach. And he's going to get exposed and with Jordan Love in the first year and all this, that. And that coaching staff has put on a fucking show in the last couple of weeks of making adjustments when Jordan Love was struggling and their defense really came on even with Jair and Alexander getting hurt and Rasul Douglas getting traded and all of that. Like, they did a fantastic job out there in Green Bay. I will give them their flowers because I was one of those people that was like, I don't know if LaFleur is really that dude or he just was a beneficiary of being in Green Bay. Turns out he is that fucking dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and another thing is that, like, and, and this is the last point I'll make before I think we're going to move on, but, I mean, Matt LaFleur... On <laughs> Matt LaFleur had to inherit Aaron Rodgers and got a bulk of the blame when Aaron Rodgers was there because, quite frankly, the points weren't being put up. And now, looking at it now, one might think, what if Aaron Rodgers didn't have that big of an ego? What kind of offense would we have seen? Because we're looking at the offense that's being run in Green Bay and it's one it's a great offense and jordan love is having one of the best quarterback seasons of the year because of it so look aaron Rodgers, i'm I, i'm of the mind to saying he put, played good his last year in green bay a lot of people say he's average i think i think his last year in green bay um had a lot to do with his receivers 
you know, dropping the football. But uh, another part of it, and I and I got I got to bite the bullet on this. He was the problem for them, though. He was, and 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 more and more, we're starting to see that Matt Lafleur. This is just going to be a Matt Lafleur glaze session for the next minute. Like Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur got so much flack. He has taken a quarterback, and he has made him a t- into a top ten quarterback with receivers who are <laughs> Kyle. Are you okay? <laughs> Oh. Kyle, Kyle, come back. We're doing it again. Like that's what I'm pissed about. Kyle. No, because Matt LaFleur made that one bad call with that field goal and got roasted by Aaron Rodgers and then roasted by Packers fans and the media because Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, why didn't we just go for the points? And they kicked the field goal. And that was a big thing with Matt LaFleur that last year. And, dude, like. He proved a lot of people wrong, man. So did Jordan Love. So did that Green Bay defense. Like big ups to that Green Bay defense. Joe Barry. Joe Barry. Joe Barry really balls. holding him down. He, he's still he's still on the chopping block, but he's he he proved himself this game at least. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle's so mad, but I just want to make one quick point going back to Dallas, and then we can move on because I know y'all are saying Bill Belichick needs to go over there. He's not going over there. He's not going to Dallas for two reasons. One. The media market in Dallas is insane. If you think New York is bad, Dallas is even worse. Bill Belichick is not the type of coach that likes attention like that. I don't think he's going to that kind of market. And two, if he does go to Dallas, who's going to be in charge of player personnel? Because you're you're coming from Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick, who both like to have that control. I think Jerry Jones would lay down for Bill if he wanted it. I think I think, but but if if anything. Wow, I'm thinking about it. That would be crazy if Jerry Jones laid down for Bill. But I do think, I do think in that case, Mike Jerry Vrabel Jones would wants to win, man. Yeah, Jerry Jones does want to win, but Mike Vrabel would also make sense because Mike Vrabel has proven I, that he can. I do think Vrabel would be the better choice, but am I? Yeah, I agree. Name and Jerry Jones loves that shit. Come on, we all know how Jerry operates. But I know we got to move on. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a good point. Like... <laughs> well, speaking of moving on from coaches. I'm I'm not going to say it, but here are the facts. After Nick Sirianni lost Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles went like this. I'm not going to pretend the Cardinals were good, but the fact that Shane Steichen took an injury-plagued Colts team down to the wire in the regular season, they were win and in in Week 18. Is Nick Sirianni kind of a – is he a little bit of a fraud? I'll I'll take this first. I'll take this first. I've had a you know interesting take on this. I was looking forward to talking about this. Um, can we say the Eagles were fraudulent? Because I think everyone saw this coming. I don't like, know if we can say they were fraudulent because we. I mean, we were talking shit about them from week one. Yeah, because everyone in our prediction pool in the household. I don't know if you've looked at it. Everyone picked Tampa Bay. Every single one of us picked Tampa Bay. Like, and which says a lot. Like. Look at Tampa Bay, their talent level, and Baker's had a career year. Yes, love to see it. Shout out Flowers to Baker, deserved much deserved. After real quick, I do got to say this because I saw I saw an article that was the the title was Mayfield in the playoffs, and then the little caption was maybe the extra wild card spot is too many, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, we're just gonna fucking pretend the Bucks weren't the four seed. 
<laughs> anyway, keep going. Anyway, like I got, again, I want to shout out to Baker because he kind of deserved it after how he got ousted in Cleveland and got fucked by that. That's a whole different thing. The Bucks have Super Bowl experience. That team is relatively the same team. Like people forget that. Like they've been there. They can operate in the playoffs. Baker has been there. He can operate in the playoffs. Does their run game need to get better? Yes. Philly's defense was egregiously bad yesterday. Egregiously bad. They could not tackle. I, I don't know if you saw the Manning cast and they had Ray Lewis on. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And Ray said enough. Like he was talking, like he's like, I don't know what they're doing in practice. They're not taking any good angles. They aren't tackling well, and they just look awful. Um, Shane Steichen either is a fucking genius or Brian Johnson is just not a very good OC. <laughs> like, there's no in between because the way Jalen and that offense regressed this year is astounding. And you have the same weapons. Yes, AJ Brown was hurt, but I don't think AJ Brown makes a difference in that game. Jalen, I don't know if Jalen was really plagued by injuries. He wasn't himself because the offense looked like a sham. And I don't know what happened to that defense. Yes, the linebacker core was mediocre at best, but something's got to change. I don't know if Sirianni or if they just need new coordinators to see what happened, or if Sirianni just was gifted with very good coordinators and that got him there. Because Sirianni also. Don't know if you can track in this. It has a lot of off the field problems too, like arguing, yelling at fans, and all this shit too. Jesus. So I don't know how they go forward. What is is what I say? His seat's hot. No, his seat's warm though. It's definitely warm. It's it's toasty. It's a lot less safe than you think for someone who made the playoffs, Super Bowl one year, and then the playoffs next year, because. The way that team has performed, it looked like he lost the locker room, and that's never a good thing going forward. It's an embarrassment. Also, shout out Jason Kelsey. Shout out Jason Kelsey. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, Jason Kelsey is one of those guys. I want Justin to go because I know Justin really, really relishes on fellow <laughs> NFC East opponents going and and being fraud. So go ahead, Justin. Dude, NFC East is fucking. You realize I got the green, bro. right? I, I, I got the green on for this one, but I'm not going to talk shit. Surprisingly enough, I'm not going to talk shit about the Eagles. I'm going to speak facts of what's going to happen. Um, for one, we all knew the Eagles were frauds this year, based on the way, especially based on the way they slid. Two, Debo Samuel told ya that the Eagles were not that team anymore. Matter of fact, he specifically said James Bradbury is trash and guess what james bradbury proved to be trash you want to talk about the whole defense not knowing how to tackle that man does not know how to tackle and i've noticed it because i've seen him have the same issue when he was a giant but i digress with that nick sirianni's seat is warm it is not hot it is not burning he is definitely not getting fired until maybe the end of next year to see what happens and I'm glad you guys brought up uh, Kelsey because this season's about to get a lot worse. Why? Because Jason Kelsey is not the only player on that team that I expect to retire. You have 
Lane Johnson, you have God, who's the people on the defense that are pretty much old at this point? Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox Fletcher Brandon Cox. Graham. There we go. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Those are the two I was thinking of. All four of those players have at least 11 this seasons. Is Josh Sweat coming into a contract here, too? I think he is. Him or Hassan oh, Reddish. But you're talking about four of your players who have at least 11 years of experience in the NFL, which means they are close to retirement, if not at retirement now. And if you're one of those guys who, by the way, are also four of the best players on your team, do you want to come back to this next year? Do you really want to go through a whole training camp and a whole thing knowing like, yo, we may not even get to the playoffs next year, let alone a Super Bowl. I I believe that the Eagles, just like the Cowboys, it's time to rebuild. And the Eagles are in a much better place because they do have a quarterback, which I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is like some all-world quarterback. I'm going to say what Cam Newton said on his podcast. There are game changers and there are game managers. Jalen Hurts falls in the game manager portion of that because he may not win you the game on his back, but his job is to make sure he doesn't lose you the game. It, um, I know we said AJ Brown's not wasn't going to make a difference in this game. Yes, he was because if you notice, Jalen Hurts only trusts Brown and God, I'm losing fucking names. Who's the Devontae other? Devontae Smith, baby. Come on, come on, come on now. Heisman winner. Come Jesus. on, Devontae Smith. And I should have known that because that's all he was throwing the ball to. I thought Dallas Goddard got pissed off because of that. I didn't think it was really like they lost the locker room. But towards the end of the game, you saw the faces of every single person on that Eagles sideline. And that told you all you needed to know that is going on behind closed doors. Yeah, the, the fun times in Philly are definitely over. Like last year, it was a lot of fun. You could see it with the players and how they were playing. This year, the air got sucked right out of that team. Good vibes are gone. Good vibes are gone. Yeah, and they deserve to be gone because quite frankly, all year long, we had to deal with Philly fans yelling at us, screaming at us, talking about, oh, we're for real. Oh, we find ways to win. Can you guys recall a single game this year where the Philadelphia Eagles won comfortably? I cannot. I'll tell you, it was close games against almost every single team they faced. That is not good. At least when the Dolphins won, at least when the Dolphins won, we blew these guys out, like like straight up, like like they were out, bro. Like it was it was like yeah, we want we're the better team and we're gonna prove it to you. With the Dol- with the Eagles, every single game and even against the teams that you know stack up well against them, there was always something that would favor the Eagles just a tad bit. It was never really the Eagles beating the 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 other team. The other team would beat themselves, which brings me to my best, my next point. There were people saying, oh, you got to play perfect football to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. That was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. Can we just quite the last three people they lost to? Exactly. The the Giants, the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly. That's that's exactly my point. You don't need to play perfect football. You just need to make sure you don't make that one stupid mistake, like <laughs> dropping the football in the end zone. 
like stepping out of bounds before you break the plane, like not remembering what your route was. I mean, the reason they beat Buffalo this year was because of a 59-yard field goal in the rain. Jake Elliott's not making that field goal again, okay? That is a <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime shot. Nah, I think he could do it again. I think Elliott's got a fucking I, I Look, okay, you know what? Let me stop hating. Look, Jake Elliott's, Jake Elliott's got a... That's the best thing in Philly for sure. Nick Sirianni's got to go. I don't know why you guys are saying his seat's warm. No, it's not warm. It should be 1,000% hot, and I'll explain to you why. There was opportunities to make adjustments. There was an opportunity for something to change, and Nick Sirianni said, we're not going to change anything. That's what he said out of his mouth, okay? And the fact that you said that and you kept on losing and losing and losing and losing, well, quite frankly, if you're not changing anything and you keep losing, that means you're probably going to get fired. And I'll bring back Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick again. If there's any year to get rid of a coach that just went to the Super Bowl gauge, it's this year. This is the year to do it. And, and, and quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of people saying, look, look, Jalen Hurts, does he deserve blame? Yes, he does. Is he a game manager? I don't think so. I think he's definitely in the middle of game manager and game changer. I think he's more leaning towards game changer than game manager. You want to know why I say that, Justin? Because that man can't read the field like a game manager can, <laughs> if we being for real. Like, like, what are we talking about here? This was his worst year reading the field. Like, that, like there's no way you look at how just Justin uh, – Justin – I almost said Justin Fields. They, they're kind of similar now that I'm thinking about it. Jalen no, Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, this entire year when there was pressure on him and when he was asked to look downfield and read the field, what happened? Nothing. The offense that, that didn't help. The offensive play calling didn't help. No pre-snap motions. No creativity. Just all vanilla. Vanilla ice cream. Terrible. Vanilla ice cream is good. It's really delicious, but Wait, eventually it gets awesome. old and people want cookies and cream. Then people want some chocolate, Justin. You feel me? Like there's no way. There's hey, no way. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You guys are taking that the wrong way, okay? Let me finish my No, no, bro. I'm going to look at you like Warren Sapp, bro. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking hey, about? Look. No. <laughs> look. <laughs> you guys are not letting me finish my point. I do not that appreciate your point. that. Let me finish my point. My point is, Justin Hurts, he didn't see <sighs> the field correctly. Nick Sirianni is not is not a good playoff caller himself. Ben Johnson sucks. Sean Desai sucks. Everybody sucks on that coaching staff, and it doesn't help when your QB doesn't see the field. Okay? So... Quite frankly, I'll put it to you like this. Things need to change in Philly. They do. The roster's still okay. You need to fix up the secondary. You need to fix up your coaching. Things need to change in Philly. I think Jalen Hurts... I'm not saying move off of Jalen Hurts at all. I think he can get better. But he definitely does need to get better. And very soon. Because after going to the Super Bowl and having that kind of performance and then coming back and regressing... Makes me think, has he hit his peak already? I certainly hope, hope not, man. And and honestly, Philly, 
you, you have time. Like it's it's not like your team is old or anything. Like you got players that are old for sure, but I think that your team overall is relatively young and it, and can compete. So especially on the weapon side, okay? AJ Brown and Devonte Smith are are still very capable. So you you got to find the right coaching that'll make you win now, okay? It's not about the future anymore. Win now. Yeah, absolutely. It's so doom and gloom. We need to end on a positive note. So in that in that regard, we're going to talk a little bit about the Texans and the Lions. Just a little bit about both because feel good stories. We've been to, we've we've been doing just victory laps on teams' graves, and it's disgusting. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Let's talk about something positive because the Houston Texans did unbelievable things to the Cleveland Browns defense, a defense that had a few, you know, a couple of outliers where you're like, oh, that's weird. But for the most part, they were a top five unit across the board. And CJ Stroud just baby boyed them. There's no other way to say it. He absolutely just bell to bell dog walked the dog pound. It was just beautiful to watch. And then on the other side of it, those lions speaking beautiful to watch, Jared Goff, you are good enough for Detroit. Damn it, Jared Goff, you are good enough for Detroit, and I am so happy. I don't know what kind of upside they have in the future. They're playing the Bucks, so they definitely got the better pull as far as you know which team they're going to end up facing in the divisional round. It's better than the 49ers. Got to say it, way better than the 49ers. I kind of like the Lions going to the conference championship. And on the other side of it, they've got a very big test in the Ravens, but those Texans... I think they can I mean, win the game. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they literally went up against a, a, a really, really good defense and put up 45. 20. I mean, like without the pick sixes, I think it's what? Like 20, like 31 close points? to 30 points. Like it's like they still put up a good amount of points against a really, really damn good defense. Now, do I think, I think the Ravens defense is better 1000%, but what you can expect from CJ Stroud is for him to step up. Now let's talk about the game, right? Um, look, CJ Stroud is a top 10 quarterback this year. He, he solidified it. And, and on top of that, he is making the Cleveland Browns themselves look even more foolish. And I don't like dancing on graves either. Actually, I lied. I love doing dance. that. Okay. <laughs> I love doing it. Okay. Cleveland has lost on both sides of the spectrum when it comes to QB. Okay. You trade, you get Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield thrives in Tampa, CJ Stroud drives in Houston. You get blown out with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Like you can't, you can't really make that kind of stuff up. Browns get but, brown, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's about the most Browns thing that could possibly happen. With that being said, though, the, the Houston Texans have a bright future, regardless of what happens. Look, they're going up against a team that has been good all year long, that has been dominating elite football teams all year long. And I don't expect them to go into to, to Baltimore and win, but I do expect them to put up a fight. And, and, and CJ Stroud, I have a question for the panel. How many QBs would you take over him? Not a lot. I, I'd say. I'd say it's like, like maybe seven max like like that's that that's about however many and the fact that you guys are holding up three is kind of scaring me but regardless of that i'm gonna i don't know about three at all but but i'm only taking three quarterbacks listen i okay all right hold on all right we're gonna sidetrack here okay josh allen lamar jackson mahomes burrow lamar jackson 
Okay, I'll fair. take I'll take Mahomes for sure. I'll take Lamar for sure. I'll take Burrow for sure. So that's four. It's kind of getting get people upset. I'll get I'll take Herbert as well over CJ Stroud. I'll take him. Um, let's see. That's pretty. That what is that it? I wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence um over him. I wouldn't take Herbert. Um, I would. I I would take Herbert in my opinion. I would. Um, I'm not. I'm going to respect Herbert and what he's been able to do in a poverty organization. Well, I'm not taking a healthy Aaron Rodgers over CJ Stroud either. Oh hell no! I don't think anybody in their right mind would. <laughs> I don't think anybody in their right mind would take Aaron Rodgers like, right about now. There's very few people that I take over. CJ yeah, Stroud right now. but regardless, what, my my final thing before I I move on and, and whoever can take over, um, the, the the Detroit Lions, man. I I'm very skeptical of them. I was very skeptical of them the entire year. And they proved me wrong against the Los Angeles Lions. You know, they proved me wrong, of course. You know, are they going to make it to the Super Bowl? No, they're not. But they're probably going to make it to the NFC Championship game, which is good. I'm proud of I'm proud of the city. I am not like a hater of the city of Detroit. Okay. You're prefacing that makes me question it. (laughs) Look, 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 look. I don't hate Detroit. Okay. I actually really do love the Detroit Lions. I just don't think they're good enough to go all the way. Like that's it. I I don't think I don't think they're a team. Okay, that's not outlandish because you got. It's not. Got to realize they, they have to go through San Francisco. They got to go there. through San Fran. Like San Fran is the boogeyman in the NFC. Okay, they they are. So, look, the Detroit Lions. They deserve this. Okay, the atmosphere in that game against the Los Angeles Rams was legendary. Awesome. Families, oh, great game. Look, great game. generations of Detroit families are going to be talking about that game alone. Okay, like that game alone, the first time we've been in the playoffs in years and then winning our first playoff game in 30 plus against years. Against Matthew Stafford. Against the few, the former franchise quarterback. Storybook ending. Look, I got a lot of love for Detroit. You're just not making it to the Super Bowl. I love you. Love the city of Detroit. Okay, you see, I love you. But I can't, I can't pick you guys over that machine, that Shanahan machine that's over there in San Francisco. Yeah, but I, I love all the love that Sammy's giving to Detroit for beating Matthew Stafford and the and the Rams. It almost as if somebody actually picked that to happen. Look, oh, man, look. I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna that. look. Look, look, man. I've taken. I've taken enough L's throughout this entire year. You gotta take right? one more on the shins because Justin look, nailed it. I have done very little victory lapping here. Okay, I'm. I'm not. It's my first year on house call, and I feel like I've done no it's victory lapping. Too. But like, it's unbelievable. It's mine too. It's my first year with House Call too. But when everybody was on this show last week talking about how this person is going to take this person out and Stafford might beat the Lions and the Lions may barely pull it out against the Rams, I specifically said that Jared Goff was going to take Stafford and the Rams to the back of the barn and put them out their misery. And he did just that. The only bad thing about that game was Amon Ross St. Brown's hair. I don't know what he was thinking with that blue. But you know what? Hey, it's I, Detroit I, I, blue, man. It's Detroit blue. Bat. I get it. But let, let, let me go through this Detroit thing real quick. The atmosphere in that stadium was rocking. Everybody wants to talk about Kansas City with Taylor Swift and Green Bay with Simone Biles. You know what? Give me the Detroit Lions with Eminem every day of the week and maybe two or three times on Sunday. The whole stadium was out here singing Lose Yourself 
in the stadium before kickoff. That's how right the place was. You had 80-year-old season ticket holders watching the first time in a long time seeing the uh, Detroit Lions win a playoff game. Guys in tears, grown men in tears watching that game. It was a storybook moment. And if there's really writers in the back end of the NFL, they are working overtime to make this happen. But if we're going to flip over to the Texans, yeah, CJ Shaw is a top 10 quarterback right now. And you know what? If he can even make it a close game, let alone beat the Ravens, who has been running rampant of not just the AFC, but the entire NFL all season, then he just catapults himself to at least a top five quarterback. But I'm just going to leave it at that. I just wanted to give my rant about the Detroit Lions. All right. Well, I'm going to make this short because we're pushing time here because I want my piece of this. Um, uh, Motor City Dan Campbell uh, is that fucking man. We've all known that. <clears throat> he deserves all that shit, uh, especially that line with Jared Goff. That uh, class. That was real class for him. But, uh, Dan Campbell's a football guy, man. I love him. Football. Because that was uh, probably big. That was probably big for Jared Goff uh, with that team letting him go. That drafted him first overall. And probably a big moment for him to win and go forward. Although that was the best game of the week by far. It was the best game. Best it game was the only one that wasn't a blowout. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I'm looking forward to this week because this week I believe we're going to be very close games. Um, my bold take of this is, yes, Detroit will take care of business at home. Will it be close? Yes. Well, I would, would I be happy if Baker does pull it out? Also, yes. But I think Detroit's going to get the Canucks game. Because I think they just are talented and they're at home. And that place is going to be rocking. Rocking. And they now have been there for a game. And have that experience, which was huge for a lot of those guys. Because I think Jared Goff might have been the only person with playoff experience on that roster right now. Um, secondly, CJ Stroud's going to do his thing in Baltimore. Baltimore is arguably the best team in the league. Um, so it's going to be a big test for CJ. I think he rises to it, but I don't think they win. I think it's going to be a very good football game to watch as a fan. Um, it's going to be good for the sport and good for uh, Divisional Weekend. Uh, the most interesting game, I think, is going to be Kansas City-Buffalo. If you think it's other way around, I'd be very shocked for anyone here thinking another game should be better. I think Buffalo gets over the Patrick Mahomes hump. I really do. Because it's the first time in Buffalo. So I think that's very big. And if they don't if they don't get it done this year, it's never gonna happen. So yeah. they, they do or die for the this build, is the best maybe. chance they're gonna have to get it over the Patrick Mahomes boogeyman in the playoffs in Buffalo. Um dude, I think if Buffalo does win, they're gonna get the fucking shit stopped out of them in the conference championship game. I really do. Baltimore if it's Ravens just, or Texans, because I, I think team. Baltimore is just a better, much better team than Buffalo. If the script writers are doing their jobs. Imagine if it turned out to be Buffalo versus Detroit. Just two storybook moments. Yeah. That was 30 for 30 on that season would be incredible. Because both of those teams. I take the L either way. Like, I don't know. With Matt and his Detroit, like, take. And then then with Buffalo, it's just my pure hate for the city of New York. Like, it's just like. (laughs) So, all right. Anyway, but the last game 
I think it's going to be more interesting people let on is Green Bay San Fran. That's fascinating to me. That's really fascinating to me. I think really? that's going to be a lot more interesting than people want to give that credit to. Uh, thousand percent. Okay. All right. Thousand percent. I will, think that's. No, I think it's going to mirror Baltimore, t- Houston. It should be much closer. The big matchup that I'm looking at in that game is Fred Warner versus Aaron Jones. That's a fucking fun middle linebacker running back matchup, and I can't wait to see it. My I, my big I thing for that Fred is Warner Jair is. against Debo. That's good too. Shit, that's, that's a good game. That's what I want to look forward to. You guys, you guys are really putting too much stock into this game. I don't expect Green Bay to. I think no, I don't think it's going to be. I have like, to. I have to, I have to deal with these Green Bay Packers. I have to deal with these Green Bay Packers being good. I know what I'm talking about. They are fucking no. better than anyone saying. No, I I don't care. Look, look, the 49ers, and I go ahead and say this. I think the 49ers beat Green Bay by two scores. I I don't I don't yeah. think people, I don't okay. think Green Bay. That's closer than a lot of people think. I'm going to glance at this game. Uh, well, obviously, like I mean, I'm saying well, it might be a ten point game. I'm saying it's going to be a little interesting. Like it's going to be potential. Like I think Green Bay starts hot because San Fran's had the week off, and then San Francisco will just kind of do their thing the rest of the way. All right, man. Look, I, I think I think we caught the Green Bay Packers caught a fraud, and they're about to meet a contender, and they're about to know the difference very quickly as soon as the game starts. So. I love I love the story of Jordan Love. It's a great story in Green Bay, but that team's youngest, the youngest in the league. You got a team full of vets that are hungry to go to the Super Bowl. I think overall, I think it's a bad matchup for Green Bay in terms of like their defense going up against the Niners offense. Look, Joe Barry, look, it's one thing to face uh Mike McCarthy offense. It's a completely different beat with Shanahan. So respectfully to Green Bay, I think it's gonna be pure domination from San Fran. There you have it, folks. And listen, regardless of what happens, all we know is we have got a freaking great divisional round. We have a great divisional round. And listen, no matter what happens, we've been right about a lot this season already. So everybody give yourself a pat on the back because, listen, we're just – no, no, Sammy, take one on the shins, and then you can pat yourself. I was right about Philly's secondary. That was pretty much it. You were exa- listen. You hit the nail right on the head with the CJGJ loss. That was crippling for their secondary. I will give you all the flowers in the world because I said the exact opposite. But we are out of time for this week. It has been great hanging out with y'all on the Gridiron segment. Until the next time, that is Gage. That's Sammy. That's Justin. My name is Kyle. We will see you next time. Peace. Want him therefore he must be trash. He's gone for the Lions and he's 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 not even had a resurgence because he was never bad on the Rams.